Welcome to the Level Up with KDB podcast. If you've ever wished you could get a glimpse inside the minds and lives of women who are masters at creating abundant and fulfilling lives, and you're ready to learn the secrets behind unlocking that in your own life, you're in the right place. Each episode, I and a series of guests uncover the secrets behind creating the life you can't stop fantasizing about. I'm Katie B, human design coach, airline pilot, CEO, and crazy cat lady, and I am so happy to have you here. Welcome to episode three of the Level Up with Katie B podcast. In today's episode, I have an incredible treat for you. I am chatting with my dear friend and mentor, Marina Lovas. Marina is a sole purpose mentor and the creator of a trailblazing method of teaching tarot therapy, which is a beautiful form of narrative therapy, and which I now include in my own coaching practice after graduating from Marina's nine-month tarot therapy training last year. In this episode, we chat about what it means to let your heart lead in life and business, how overcoming traumatic experiences opened her up to channel and spirit on a whole new level, and why she is so passionate about supporting women who specialize in sharing their gifts through the sacred arts in monetizing their passion to purpose. Not only is Marina an incredibly successful businesswoman, she is a testament to the fact that our sensitivity is one of our biggest superpowers and that letting yourself be guided and supported by source, spirit and your intuitive knowing will ultimately keep you on the path to fulfilling your life purpose. Settle in for this beautiful episode. Welcome, Marina Lovas, to the Level Up with KDB podcast. I feel really grateful to not only be able to have a yarn with you and find out more about your life, your business, and your perspective on success, but also to be able to share this with all the listeners because your business is ultimately about helping women thrive by guiding and supporting them through monetizing their passions. So, and you also teach women how to become tarot therapists with your very own, I think it might be the first of its kind tarot therapy training. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. Hey, Katie B. Thanks for having me. Thrilled <laughs> to be here. Looking forward to our chat. And um, yeah, it's been what a journey so far, hey, with the tarot, at least. Yeah, I mean, I've been lucky enough to be on the receiving end of your gifts in multiple different ways, actually. You were my very first, I don't know if you call it business coaching or do you, what do you call um, Lilith? Yeah, I do call it business coaching. It really is for, it's, I specialize for women who want to monetize their craft in the, in the sacred arts. And I think it's a bit of a missing piece in the spiritual community. There are, well, it's more so now it's become more, uh, more, more women are business coaching in the spiritual industry. But when I first started, they weren't. And it was kind of a missing piece for a lot of people who specialize in the sacred arts. And it's probably one of those sticky, strange places where there's um, issues around money and spirituality and you know, which, how can I charge slippery sales? It's a conversation that sort of goes on in those sorts of circles. So I jumped in to help women like myself to be taken a bit more seriously and also um, to have their services recognised, you know, time and effort and money, the, the money that we've spent on our own training um, you know, we re- we deserve to be you know, compensated for the years of training that we've put into holding space for for other women. So, yeah, it was a huge motivation for me, uh, and a missing piece for a lot of people who have uh, skills in the sacred arts. Yeah, well, it was certainly a game changer for me. I think so many just entrepreneurs in general, but as you say people that are working with the sacred arts that are sharing their passion and trying to monetize it but our zone of genius is not necessarily running a business 
it's you know whatever the the modalities are that we're using and supporting other people but not necessarily actually the business foundations and how to confidently share your gifts and monetize your gifts and so when i started working with you it was an experience of well deep support you have a way of holding space for women that is just unlike anything else I've ever experienced but no well and also you're very knowledgeable you've got practical experience and you know strategy as well so just game changing Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah I think a lot of women like myself and yourself we are very empathic highly sensitive and we do, we do generally feel like we want to help as many people as possible. And I think that's where a lot of people in the sacred arts get lost. They're scared to niche or they're scared to choose an area and they sort of want to help everybody and the whales. And at some point <laughs> we have to kind of draw the line around that and get clear on who we serve, how we serve, you know, what we offer, what problems we solve, all of that good stuff that isn't generally a conversation that you'll have in the spiritual circles because they sort of want to hand it over to the universe, which is a very power, powerless place. Mm of work from we need a bit of balance around it hey some collaboration with both the inner and the outer world oh 100 percent. and so you have done that really brilliantly in your own business as well you turned your passion into your business yes. and but you your origin story is quite interesting so you started off in the psychology world you've got a degree in psychology is that well, correct? well actually yes I do but no so I ran my first business when I was in my early 20s so mm. I had an intuitive arts business way back then I was probably one of the first people in Perth Western Australia to have a business in maybe we can call it the new age movement and I was one of the youngest people in Perth and it was a thriving business however I was still very young and inexperienced and I didn't have the educational background or training or therapeutic training to be able to handle what was coming in in terms of the problems that people were sharing with me and to be able to manage that was very overwhelming I mean I had women that were in their 40s and I was you know 21 22 telling me their life stories and their problems and and wanting me to help them heal from from traumatic events in their lives and yes yeah, so my first business I ran for about four years and then I became very overwhelmed by it and I think that the moment when I was ready where I could have up leveled where I could have taken it to the to the next place where I could have um, maybe you know made quite a bit of money I bailed I think I got a bit scared actually with the responsibility and what it was calling from me and I think it was in my best interest anyway to take a step back and go and travel and um, get an education and do all the things that would then support me and support my clients in a much more grounded, you know, intelligent and mature, mature place. So, yes, eventually I did um, in my, I was a, a late, well, an older, mature, mature age student. I didn't start, which is not really mature age, I don't think. I mean, 28 isn't, it's not old, but it's not, <laughs> not like, you know, it's still, still quite young anyway. And yeah, so I got a degree, started um, a psychology degree when I was 28 and then went into, went and worked in psychiatric mental health. And so my first role, I landed uh, managing uh, psychiatric recovery centres for outpatients. And it was a pretty intense role, got thrown in the deep end. So I had to learn pretty quickly about human behaviour, the dynamics of chronic mental health and how that can impact on the day-to-day -day lives of others and families. And it was, it was a, you know, of course, it's kind of like my path. I tend to attract very intense experiences to learn pretty quickly. <laughs> well, that's where I started in terms of um, the psychology part of my story, yeah. Yeah, so did you start your business while you were still working in that psych ward? No, no. So I, didn't, I wasn't working in a psych ward. It was a recovery centre and it was okay. an alternative recovery centre. So I got to sort of bring some of my spiritual tools into that setting because I was of the great fortune to have landed a role that was a somewhat alternative despite it being mainstream, I was allowed to bring in some alternative practices because uh, the philosophy of the uh, organisation was uh, somewhat uh, just less mainstream, maybe a little bit more unorthodox. 
I love that you were able to, you know, share your gifts in a way that felt really obviously authentic to you. Really? It's it's not often that you get kind of space to express yourself in a job like that. So that sounds really cool. Yeah, yeah. They're usually very political in right environments. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. But I was just wondering if when when was it that you decided to oh, to run my business? Yeah, to restart. What was the yeah. cat- what was the so- catalyst? Yeah, it's interesting. So the catalyst actually was me becoming psychologically unwell. So mm-hmm. I had um, PTSD and chronic anxiety after giving birth to my daughter. I nearly died giving birth. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was very unwell for probably at least two years of, of her, uh, after birthing my daughter. And um, I was kind of forced in, well, I wasn't forced. I, I chose to take on a more alternative role to try and heal um, the PTSD. And I did it successfully uh, without any medication. And however, at the time I was so unwell that I thought that any medications I would take would, would poison me, which might not be, you know, <laughs> some truth to, to that when we look at when we look at the pharmaceutical industry anyway today. I was under the sort of guise, well, I was my, I was working, my mind was working under the guise of, of recovery that everybody can recover from mental illness and we can do it without, you know, medication free. And I was working for an organisation prior to that, that, that had that kind of philosophy, but yet no one in the organisation or none of the clients, the consumers anyway, had recovered from their mental health, uh, chronic mental health without medication. So I don't know where I got that from at the time, but I was, that unwell that I decided I would do that anyway I achieved it so the way that I did achieve it was going back to the sacred arts it was going back to my spirituality it was going back to doing my channeling would you believe it like connecting in with spirit it was doing hypnotherapy it was naturopathy so it was a whole host of tools that I drew upon to get myself in a much better place um, but it absolutely was not through any orthodox kind of practices. It was all unorthodox practices. And um, it, it it was a, a longer road maybe than what it might be if you were to go down a more mainstream road. But it was it was a really valuable, important, pivotal part of my life because that it's that that's given me the conviction and the strength and the courage and the confidence to do the work that I do because I know I, I know because I'm living it that you can recover without, you know, in in uh, spirituality is an incredibly, and the sacred arts, powerful therapeutic tools mm. and we need to incorporate that into our practices. So that that really is a been, has been the, the motivating, that's been my driver. So really. that, that sounds like it was a, I mean, definitely a long journey for you right like did you say two years was it? two years to 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 come to some sort of normal state of thinking and whatever normal is healthy yeah. healthy mind you know where I'm not paranoid and scared of life but you know it was it was I was living under this feeling of like I was going to die in every mm. you know pretty much every day living in this there was a residual and anxiety hum that would just sit in the background of my experience it's a horrible way to live yeah, I. It took me about four years, really, to get to, it wow. to, to really come, come home back to who I who I am, and that is when I started the business. Mm-hmm. So, sort of four years after I had my daughter, that's when I started. But yeah, again, it wasn't just so it was the sacred arts, but like I did fasting actually. Um, in the last the, that fourth year, I started to fast, and in the fasting, sort of brought me back. I, I just had this really strong connection to spirit in mm. when I was fasting, and the clarity there. I started seeing lights again. I started seeing spirit in around people. I could see more and feel more, and my senses became more heightened as my body became more purified. Maybe. I'm not like I don't fast all the time now, but it was a necessary. That was kind of like really what took the lid off and got me back into alignment, doing what I need, what I need to do, which then evolved into me leaving my relationship as well. That helped. (laughs) Yeah, well, but that often happens, right? When when people go through huge healing processes and come out the other side, generally when they come out the other side, it's stronger, but also almost a completely different human right and that and then that's when relationships sort of shift yeah. and change and sometimes break down and I'm really interested about your channeling so you mentioned that fasting was 
sort of opened that doorway a bit more because I know you've yeah. had a really strong connection to spirit since a young age, yes. but it, it sounds like it, through that last period of your healing and not that it's ever over, right? We're always kind yeah. of continuously yeah. <laughs> moving through it, but it sounds like through fasting, it opened the doorway to that deeper connection. And now you connect with spirit and channel, and that's a huge part of your business now. It you? is. It is. Yeah. It is my business, really. That is that is my upline is spirit. Yeah, it is my upline. I've been connecting in with spirit since I was a young girl, but consciously really uh, since night since I was nineteen years old. And yeah, I just found that when I was fasting I didn't really have any distractions and whatever like it gave me an opportunity to really feel into the truth of what was happening for me there were no distortions there was no distortions with food and at prior to the fasting as well I was sort of drinking and smoking off and on smoking cigarettes as well mm-hmm. which you know it's a terrible habit smoking is all an awful habit but you may not associate that with kind of distortion your reality but it does it really does distort your feelings and it sort of takes you what took me away from from the grief and the loss that I've that the transition that I was going through from maiden to motherhood from single to marriage it was just a, a massive transition that I didn't didn't um it liberated something within me that I didn't know was there and yeah so so that yeah fasting it just because it took away all because I chose to remove all of those distractions then or distortions I then could actually see and feel what was there and it did take a bit of courage I I kind of called it like warrior training because it wasn't just sort of a one-off a three-day fast I did a 21-day fast uh, first and then every month I did seven days seven days seven days seven days it was six months of, of fasting and it was a pretty intense period and some of that came from a place of of me wanting to heal the damage that I had done to my body you know previously to giving birth to my daughter actually so it was a, there was a few other you know a few other motivations around that um but yeah that the, the the amazing part was is that as I did that my connection to spirit just like just you know my, it was kind of mind-blowing you know? mm. yeah do you think that your what do you think it is that was driving you so hard to heal you because you know I've tried to fast and I you know the longest I've fasted is 48 hours and that is long enough for me but I think for people that are able to commit to you know that is quite extreme right like I mean not a lot of people would be able to make it through that the mental just the mental hurdle alone so what do you think it is what sort of inner fire was it that kept on I'm, you know, it was my daughter. Mm-hmm. It was my daughter because she she was my driving force. She was really giving birth to her. The whole experience of bringing her into being really was the catalyst for me, forcing me to make significant change. And I think because I'd worked in psychiatric mental health and I had seen the damage that, had, you know, the, the people my clients, the consumers that I I had been working with had been so damaged by their environment, the the parents, the caregivers, that I just really didn't want to have her have to live. I I wanted the best for her. So really it was my love, Mm -hmm. my deep love for her. It forced me to start loving myself really and she has been to this day, she's still a massive catalyst for everything that I'm doing right now, even in the business in terms of me making money in the business. It really is, that big part of it is to take care of her, mm-hmm. and myself as well, of course, but her, you know, she's she's she just means so much to me. I, I'm, I'm sure I'm not alone. A lot of mums would feel like this about their kids that um, they are really, it's a love there that it's it's there's no bounds to that love and it's so deep and it drives me it's so I, I, it will it'll continue to drive me you know to the to the day I die mm, yeah. god that is it's intense isn't it it, it is intense yeah. it's and yeah. as someone that doesn't have kids I feel as if it is something that people without children almost can't comprehend, really. <laughs> you know, like you have to have birthed or at least, you know, have mm-hmm. that, that deep connection to be able to understand. But what 
I find really interesting is that this um, external motivation brought you into a place where you were able to access internal motivation or as you said, like I think you said developed deeper self-love for yourself through yes. just striving to to be the best role model support for your daughter. Yes, yes, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I feel emotional talking about it actually. There's emotions coming up, you know, as I share that with you. I think it's been a bit, it's been a huge journey, that's for sure, a journey of recovery mm. for, for, for me. Yeah. You know, I lived, I worked in this organisation that was incredible, you know, it was, it was an incredible organisation, recovery motivated and uh, this sort of recovery processes, but I, yeah, I feel like I've lived it. I feel like I've lived the philosophy of what mm-hmm. the organisation has, you know, aspired for. Yeah, well, I remember when we were yeah. working together in Lilith, which is your business uh-huh. coaching program, I remember you talking a lot to me about letting love lead the way, which uh, mm-hmm. I took to mean is like letting your passions be the driving force behind yes. your, you know, like be the motivation behind your action. You know, often in those sessions, Katie, we were riffing. Yeah. We oh, were just channeling. The two of us were just channeling and riffing. Yeah. And just downloading. And we had that. I, I feel we've had that great trust and flow that we could just be in that place together. Yeah. And and be with whatever was was showing up and allowing that to be the doorway of growth and for business growth, personal growth, and to work with what was there. And um, do you know that has shaped the way I show up with my coaching clients as well? Right, because yeah. I think, you know, my training was very, I guess, traditional or just mainstream life and success coaching. But then yeah. because I knew that I wanted to bring more of the intuitive arts, the sacred arts into my business, yeah. working with you almost felt like I was being given permission to show up in that way with my clients. And I was like, oh, actually, this is how this feels better, right? Like it feels better for me to show up to a coaching session and literally see what they bring. What do they need right now? What do we need to talk about? Like you, they run the session based on their needs, where what's happening in their life. There's no preset sort of schedule or anything like that. It's just like, what do you need today? And how can I best support you in doing that? And you did that so beautifully for me. And not only in the business coaching, but in your tarot therapy course, you yeah. you teach people in your tarot therapy course counseling techniques which is just like I've never seen anyone teach tarot or advertise teaching tarot in a way that you do in a way that prepares people to support their clients on a deep emotional level you know people that come for tarot readings are looking for answers and they're often going through some really like they're going through shit and yeah. and if we show up and just read cards and have them not be part of the experience, mm-hmm. just as if I had have shown up to a coaching call and you had have talked at me or, you know, done the, the I guess, the standard approach to coaching um, sometimes, then it, it's not as well-rounded. It's not as deep yeah. and it's not as transformational for the client. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm not trained in life coaching. And I'm I'm okay with that. My as you know, my background's counselling, narrative therapy, hypnotherapy, psychology, and and then my specialty, the big the big magic is the sacred arts. And I, I feel really um, lucky that I haven't been sort of institutionalised by the coaching industry because I think it has some pseudo rules or rules that are sort of made up that I can I think can limit limit the 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 sessions with our clients when we start sort of working from the perspective of you know it's just mindset you know it's Mm. more than I'm no coaching life coaching isn't just mindset but that's a really strong like a a conversation that's often had in the coaching industry but it can only take you so far Mm -hmm. and then what and where next you know and then what and then and I guess too some I think what I love about our work that we've done together Katie in the tarot course is that I got to share the narrative therapy mm-hmm. with with all of you which have been uh, those sessions when I bring the narrative therapy into my sessions have been life-changing for people because we get to reframe restructure people get to narrate their lives in new and novel ways with questions we get to ask them questions as you know you've 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 experienced it and I'm sure your clients have experienced it now too you get to ask them questions that break state that break mm-hmm. these habitual patterns of thinking mm-hmm. questions that they're likely to be never asked have been ever asked before you know, one of my clients yesterday said that um 
when she did her mediumship session with me, you know, remem- we call it remembering a narrative, um, but in uh, sacred arts, I'll just name it mediumship sessions. And um, it said that what gave her that tangible experience of her grandmother was the fact that we'd asked gra- ask questions from her grandmother's perspective mm-hmm. and she never thought to really to, to, to look through her eyes before, to connect in with her in that way. It was always about her perspective, how she felt about her connection with her grandma, not the other way around, how her grandma felt connecting in with her. And it just was, it, it, it really, she said the experience of, of the connection with her grandma in that moment was so tangible, mm. was so, like she could feel it activating in her heart. She could feel the conversation. She could feel how her grandma felt about her. Mm. And it, it just, it's given her so much confidence uh, and belief in her connection to um, her guardian angel. Yeah, mm. yeah uh, I'm I'm in love with the narrative narrative part of our work, Katie, and I'm, I'm just so thrilled that you get to share all of that with your clients as well. I, I can only imagine that they, that would be life-changing in your sessions too. I'm sure, I'm, I'm certain I'd put my life on it that your clients have experienced incredible shifts from doing the narrative work that you've been doing. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it is probably the most rewarding part, I think, Mm -hmm. for all the reasons that you just mentioned, because it does provides an opportunity for connection that is so life giving, (laughs) like such a positive reframe and positive bringing connections to life it is it's beautiful and I think before I had done your tarot therapy training I didn't have the I guess the right tool to be able to access that level of depth and transformation Mm -hmm. Um, that's where the narrative therapy and I think it's it's so good to hear you talk about it like this because I think not a lot of people understand what tarot therapy and narrative therapy are so the more people we can spread the good word to the better because it is just such a powerful tool and so when you think about your your beautiful business and the impact that it has not only you know obviously you are being an incredible role model for your daughter you are getting to live your passion every day by by supporting women and teaching people how to monetize their passions mm-hmm. But have you ever considered throwing in the towel? Has there any ever been a time in your business where you've been like, oh, yes. for fuck's sake. there was a time. There was a time, and it was when I was ready to upgrade. I was ready to. The business hadn't been making money. I was well. It, no, that's not true. It had been making money, but I wasn't. I was just sort of. I wasn't making any real profit. So it just felt like I was on this plateau, and it didn't matter what I did. I just seemed to keep. You know, it was just. I wasn't making any money. And uh, and I got I just got so upset. And I think I did a launch, and we've all had a failed launch. I've had one, <laughs> right? <laughs> Nobody talks about the failed launches, do they? You know, uh, it's a, it's a rite of passage. It's a yeah, rite of passage. That's right. And you'll continue to have them throughout your career. There'll be those times where you go, "That wasn't a good idea." Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, it was uh, it was on in the back end of that, and and I just went, "I can't do this anymore. I've had enough." And I think I had had a conversation with a with a well-known mentor I can't remember his name Mark or something like that she personally rang me and he was excited about what was possible for me uh and then after that conversation it wasn't that I didn't believe him I just felt so overwhelmed that I decided I wasn't doing it anymore and I made the decision I'm not doing it anymore I said to myself that's it's done Mm -hmm. anyway Mm -hmm. it was over entire week I went through this huge grief I was my heart was so broken Mm. there were no words to describe it I felt like I had lost a part of me and it wasn't the business Mm -hmm. it wasn't the business it was the work it was the sacred arts it was my passion it was my it was my tarot it was my connection to spirit it was it was you know helping being there supporting these incredible women watching and wanting to be a part of of women thriving in our society in our community and supporting the humanities and the arts which is probably the most undervalued mm. um, industry in society we know that there's a you know a real bias towards science and anyway we won't go there but i'm i was heartbroken and i couldn't cope with the pain the pain was so extreme that i knew I knew in that moment I'd made a mistake 
And it was like, okay, well, it's time to make a decision. I have to learn to ride the ups and downs. And it really, that was a rite of passage for me. It was an initiation into understanding and learning that there was going to be an ebb and flow in business. Mm-hmm. And that it, you the end, and that I needed to, if I wanted success, whatever success means to you is going to be different to me. But if I wanted that kind of level of success, that giving up wasn't an option. Mm-hmm. And, and anyway, it wasn't an option because at the end of the day, Yes, I've made a fair amount of money, but it's never, my motivation hasn't really been about the money. It's the love for my daughter. Mm -hmm. It's my health and wellness, the health and wellness of the other women that I work with and the support that other women in the sacred arts need. I love watching you girls thrive. You know, I would get super excited when you'd have these amazing launches and when you connect with incredible clients that that you were having these life-changing experiences with. I was literally jumping, cheering yeah. in the background, squealing with you, putting music on, you know, going, yeah, let's dance. So totally up for it. I, I just just love my work. So it's more than money, you know, that was a big, that was my realisation that this is just what I want to do and, okay, now I've got to find a way then to make it work, which is what I did. Mm. That was a really long-winded answer. No, it was brilliant. And it's interesting because I spoke to uh, Emma McConnell last week and she's a, uh-huh. uh, she's a veterinary professional and she we were talking about how just because you love your business or your career, it doesn't mean that it's always easy and actually being reminded of the passion that you have sometimes is vital to yes. keep to keep you going because like it's not all rainbows and lollipops right mm-hmm. like actually this is another reason why i believe so much in not only coaching in general but working with you because that celebration that you that you just remembering like Honestly, I remember so clearly you just being so over the moon. I was like, wait, I should be celebrating like this as well. (laughs) And this is why I believe so much in coaching because I think it almost gives you permission to celebrate your successes, keep going, you know, witness and, and be in the shitty times and then celebrate the shit out of the amazing times. And also I think as a coach, what I see with my clients is that sometimes you know, you have to give them permission to, uh, you know, if you want to give up, this is, it's totally okay. But let's, yeah. talk, let's talk about why you're doing it in the first place. Like, what yeah. is it that keeps you so connected to it? And I think I've told you before, like I have said to Clay before, it's too hard. I'm giving up. And then he, and he's like, sure, you don't have to do it anymore. Like you've never had to do it. It's okay. Yeah. And then that, that feeling of heartbreak, you know, for me, it's like almost immediate. I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. I actually just can't, I can't stop. That's right. <laughs> That's right, driven, hey, and what and how fortunate, how fortunate for, well, at the very least for two of us that we've given ourselves permission to have something that we are driven by, that we're allowing ourselves to have that and in, in this lifetime. I mean, we could choose to do nothing and, but we haven't, you know, we've chosen, we've chosen this for ourselves because it, it is a choice. Mm-hmm. It is a choice, right? It's It's a choice and, and then at the same time, I feel like it must be this way. I can't, I just yeah, I just feel so driven by it. I was just thinking, Katie, just as you were talking about um, how narrative, how the narrative um, therapy is kind of infused into this conversation, just in the context of, you, you know, talking about being driven in our passions and, and being proud and getting excited and all of that sort of stuff. I don't think we have enough conversations of the good times. And it's not that I want to bypass the problem story, but as you and I both know, we live in a world that is absolutely problem saturated. Mm-hmm. Like we are constantly driven marketing. Look at marketing, you know, mm-hmm. solving problems, telling people a part of their marketing. Yeah, we're trained in marketing is, is to identify the problem story, identify the problems, the psychological problems, the pain points, the hurts mm-hmm. that people are experiencing in life. I don't think we need a lot of help with that. <laughs> I'm very skilled, hey, at identifying our problems. 100%. And I, I think we've, we've kind of lost, we don't have enough conversations with stories or narratives that stand outside the problem that may not even have anything to do with the problem story, that that we, we it kind of what we want to do with those the conversations is somehow sort of uh, lessen the power of, of the problem story and bring forward some of these life-giving experiences that, so they become resources so that when we feel into who we are, 
and what we're capable of. We're not coming from the place of of all the times that we've made, you know, we've the problem and actually come from the from the place of where we've been resourceful where we feel proud about ourselves what's possible what has been possible for us the people who support us the people who love us and why they love us and why we appreciate them and and have more more conversations about that because when we can when we do that we find more self-belief and and the willingness the drive to continue to forge forward so yes. yeah, as in, you know, I just we might want to remind our people, hey, Katie, because I think you and I work on very similar timelines. So remind our people that they themselves are not the problem. Mm-hmm. The problem is the problem. Yeah. And if we can kind of move from that sort of philosophy philosophical standpoint, then we can start sort of looking at our situations, our business as 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 well, as not something that is because there's something intrinsically wrong with you, or things that things are, you know, are not happening perfectly or we're having that moment we want to chuck the towel in. Yeah. We can externalize things a little bit and see it. Imagine that we're our business is a house and we're sort of walking around the, the around the parameters of the house looking in that the problem is something outside of ourselves and systemic and let's see what we let's have another look at it and see if we can resolve it that way rather than making ourselves be the problem. I think it's it's not always helpful to work from that perspective, you know, anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. And I think one of the coolest things about working from that perspective is actually that the decisions that you start making, the action that you start taking is from an empowered perspective rather than, you know, the opposite of that. And when you do that, I honestly think that this is part of what unlocks that what I call the self-perpetuating cycle of badassery where you're just like <laughs> you're you you kind of do become a little bit invincible because you have that ability to go all right well that's that's a problem and I can detach from that and look at all the things outside of that that are supporting me and as you say like life-giving from a life-giving yeah. perspective yeah. and use that as your superpower to drive you towards the things that are yeah. you know your passions. Absolutely. And- I think the other point that we want to make as well, Katie, with that too, is that um, we it's much easier to find solutions to things when it's externalized. We can look at it from a from a different perspective, from a higher perspective, and it's much easier to find a solution when it's when when we put it outside of ourselves and we detach a bit. We can be a bit more objective when when we internalize it and make it and make make yourself the problem it's very difficult it's it, it we're coming from this perspective that we're broken hard to fix when you're that close to it hard mm. to find a solution it's it's just a much easier way of solving problems in saying that everyone we're not spiritually bypassing in this conversation talking about the problem story is really important as well we need to be able to unpack it so we can see where it's manipulating where mm-hmm. it's spying on us where it's tricking us deceiving us about about our lives and and telling us why we can't we want to, we want to look at its manipulations too so yeah we do want to unpack the problem story too we don't want to ignore that for sure yeah and also yeah you just because you are looking at the problem as an external factor it doesn't mean that you we're not allowing ourselves to feel the emotions of any of what's happening right like yeah Yeah. or take responsibility for it because you know you still have to take response it's easier to take responsibility for it when you can see it for what it is yes and yeah and then once you do that then that's when you realize that you actually have the power to to change it right you get the you have the power to change the story uh rewrite the story if you want to like (laughs) yes yeah yeah so what do you see for your future in business yeah well I just still feel so completely driven around the tarot therapy so it's as you as everybody who's listening who's chosen to listen to this thanks for showing up everyone (laughs) um I think for me, it really is about empowering women with tools that they can use to support the evolution of humanity and for, for women to love themselves, to know how to take care of themselves, to celebrate the sacred arts, to bring more of the spirituality and magic into our day-to-day life because it does heal. Mm-hmm. It does heal and people can recover and can recover significantly. And I, the more women I can 
share these tools with because I know they work. I know they work because I'm I'm watching it every day in my own practice and as well I'm li- walking it. I've lived it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know, tarot is not just it's not just tarot cards. Yes, tarot is an incredible tool because it uncovered the, uncovers the blind spots. It also shares all these beautiful storing rich storing rich narratives around mythology that have medicine for our clients to be able to find ways to approach the problem and solve the problem and also you know with all the skills and tools that you get in the in that um in that nine month training um will then give you resources that you can use straight away to help your clients um move forward and make those positive changes in really life-giving ways so it's just to continue really to forge forward with that. And I think, Katie, to be honest, in business, I think people give up too quickly on their niche. And mm-hmm. I think for me, what and I, I'm 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 I imagine other some other people might agree with me, some some people might not. Really, my goal is to become an expert in doing what I love. Mm-hmm. And and my mission is to develop my own expertise. And so that you get the benefits, everybody else gets the benefits of that so that we can all support each other to thrive in this world. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's interesting that you say that because you're also an uh, astrology reader, right? right. And and there is a huge crossover between astrology and human design. And there is a lot of information in our chart about our purpose, you know, what we came here to express and experience in this lifetime, but what it always comes back to always, always, always is what lights you up. What is it that you feel good doing each and every day? What is it that you you jump out of bed in the morning to to share your gifts and you just can't help but talk about it? And so when people talk about niching, do you think that it is overcomplicated? Yes, yes. Yeah, I do. I do. And, you know, I guess um, I think what happens, if you're anything like me, if we're going to talk astrology now, I've got a Gemini rising and Virgo sun, mm-hmm. Leo moon. So my moon sign makes me a great teacher. The Gemini and Virgo, um, very mercurial energy. And I've got this attention to detail and I'm multi-passionate. Mm-hmm. I think that's the big fear, right? And I, I would, I imagine with you as well, Katie, because you're very driven and you've got lots of interests. It's like you want to put your finger, you want to have a few different pies happening, not just <laughs> right? Yes. So, yeah, so the way I kind of resolved that for my clients and for myself was, okay, I'm going to call, I get, if I'm going to teach tarot, then I'm not just going to teach tarot. I'm going to make, I'm going to supersize tarot and I'm going to bring all of these different, um, these different uh, skills that you can incorporate into the tarot to supersize it, to make it like the most fucking awesome, <laughs> awesome, um, you know, modality that you can bring to the table. So, you know, I would say that to my clients that if they're going to niche in an area, let's say they niche in um, in marketing, okay, just for example, just marketing. Well, so then you want you'd want to be creating all different streams in mar- all the different types of marketing skills that your clients need to need to learn and stream those, create all different courses or all different modalities in all of those different streams for example I hope that sounds a bit messy I think you know what I mean though hey like no, I definitely do I think here on the umbrella on what 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 the work is that we're actually doing and then um, we can we can teach it in multiple ways yes because there is absolutely zero way that you can summarize what you do whether it be a service-based <laughs> industry or a product product that you can't you can't encapsulate that in one sentence which is essentially what you're trying to do by niching right is to try and explain to people in a very short succinct way what it is that you do and yes that is important people need to be able to recognize yes this is a go-to person if I want to find out this or do this or buy this but what lies underneath that, what you actually do in your business is so complex, multifaceted that there is no way that you can really summarize that in one sentence. So the trick is like figuring out what to put on the door, so to speak. Yeah, exactly. And I think, um, you know, when I made the decision to focus on tarot, it's not just tarot. There's three, three. Well, actually, my niche is sole purpose mentoring, but Mm -hmm. the focus, all the, the different parts to that. There's like three different parts, astrology, channeling and and tarot, and obviously the business coaching involved in that, in all of those areas. You don't want to be afraid of niching because that is when my business took off. 
And through niching, it gave me the privilege to be able to, once I'd reached a level of success in the business, it hasn't stopped, by the way, that it's not like I'm still growing my business and I'm, I still feel like I'm baby version of it. I haven't, it hasn't reached its full capacity, whatever oh that's God. Your business like. is, from the outside, it just feels like a thriving, booming, huge. <laughs> well, it's, I'm busy, hey? I am busy, but um, yeah, it's still, there's still growth there. But um, yeah, I think once once I, I had become established and once I'd, I'd become a public figure, whatever that's supposed to be, you know how Facebook has like, you know, a choose a public figure. Once you become a public figure and you get known, you get known for what you do, then it sort of gave me a privilege, the privilege to be able to throw in some extra weird and wonderful things in there that I felt like doing. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I feel like doing a spirit talk night, so I'm going to do that. Or I feel like doing a dream therapy course, mm-hmm. so I'm going to do that. Mm-hmm. And and that's not to say that that's what I do all the time, just detour and do all these random things. But you get to a point where you build up enough clientele. I got to a point, I've got, I've been of the great fortune to have to have got to a stage where I can throw out these different things to change things up if I get a little bit bored, um, to spice things up for myself again. But I, I wouldn't recommend doing that in the beginning. No mm. way. And you've got it will feel like, I think I said this to you when we first started working together, like how many different ways can I talk about tarot therapy? Mm. How many different ways, how many different conversations can I have about that and then you feel like you're on repeat you know there's mm. that moment of feeling like my god is everybody get, going to get bored of me talking about this but they don't mm. they don't and yeah so you want to be known for something because then you're the first person that they think of when they think of that thing yeah. you're the first person that comes to the top of their mind so you know you're you've become very well known for human design katie would mm. you say yeah it's, it's getting that way. Actually, I had a consult with a photographer. I'm about to get a professional photo shoot done, which Amazing. I'm super excited about. Uh, and she was looking at my socials to get sort of, guess, a vibe on on what we're trying to portray, you know, my brand. Yeah. And she was like, so tarot is just a hugely important part of your business. And I was like, yes, yeah. like I use it every single day. And she was like, okay, because to her, she knew me for human design and she hadn't yeah. necessarily looked at my socials before I'd kind yeah. of uh, reached out to her and she was like, right, okay. Yeah. And and so, yes, tarot and human design for sure, but it's still growing. And I think there is this really I, something that I would love everybody who is new in business or sees themselves as growing, you know, starting the foundational elements of their business is you have to be a little bit fearless in the way you show up because you are never going to feel prepared. You are never going to feel like you know enough. And to be honest, you're never going to know it all anyway. So you may as well just show up with the information that you do know. And when you show up with integrity and you share your gifts and your skills in a way that is keeping your client's best interest forefront, it's going to be a good session. You are going to do okay and you are going to learn through that process. You have to learn on the job a little bit. It's like an apprenticeship. So I just would never want anyone to, you know, like you said earlier, like give up too soon on their niche Mm. or give up too soon on their business in general Mm. because they don't feel prepared enough or like they don't know enough because, yes, we are, you know, you do start as a baby and you have to build your reputation and there is no other way to do that than just show up fearlessly for yourself and for your clients. Yes. And I, it's so well said, Katie. And, and the other thing to add to that, if I can add something to that would be that many of my clients, one, they're scared of showing up visibly because the sacred arts is, you know, there is still some stigma around it being taken seriously, which I hope that my course gives my clients the confidence to show up because they do have the right practices in place they do have ethical practices in place they do have you know professional training uh, that you wouldn't get in a in a tarot workshop weekend you know at a psychic development course I'm, and sorry to uh, yeah well I'm just telling you the truth and then um and then the other thing to remember as well not I'm not talking about just doing my course but in general that that people are only going to choose you if they think that they're either at the same level as you or a few steps behind. Anybody who thinks they know more than you, believe that they have more knowledge than you, are not going to sign up with you anyway. Mm-hmm. So that fear of not knowing enough or not being enough or not having enough is kind of, it's, it's, it, it is a bit of a myth because you're going to, the people that choose you, choose you because you're, you're, you're resonating. There's a vibrational, like, 
um, match, it, you, people will never choose you if they think they know more than you. They yeah. just won't. Mm-hmm. So you will attract the right clients, but you've got to be visible. You've got to make yourself seen. You've got to be fearless. You've got to do the things that Katie was saying, like go out there and 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 let people know that you have these services available because the real learning does happen in the practice. Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. And I feel like, honestly, we could, just talking about that visibility aspect is a yeah. whole episode on its own because yes. uh, yeah. I, I would say for most people, showing up as the face of their brand, showing up, sharing their gifts. It's its yeah. almost like a peep into your life, right? It's such an intimate Absolutely. part of your life and putting it on display for every man and his dog to say what they will about it can be one of the scariest yeah. things ever, but it can also be you can turn that into your biggest superpower because each time you show up, each time yeah. you just are like, okay, this is me, here I am, this is what I'm doing. And you realize like yeah, every now and then there's a hater, but like, as my husband says, fuck the haters. Like, what are they doing? Sitting on yeah, their couch okay. watching TV? They're not pursuing their passions. So what it really comes down to is saying yes to yourself yeah. and and yes to expressing yourself in a way that yeah. feels aligned and authentic to you. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. And, yeah, and, you know, in regards to to what you were saying, you know, your husband's saying fuck the haters, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. don't worry what are they doing? Mm-hmm. Spot on because most people that do uh, are that are quite judgmental about what you're doing. Well, maybe I'll say it like this. Don't ever take advice or don't believe the people who are not doing what you're doing. Mm. Don't take advice from them. Don't yeah. listen to their thoughts and ideas about what you're doing because they're not in the they're not walking in your shoes. They don't have the experience. And really hang out with people that are doing what you love. If you want to be a success in your industry, hang out with people, choose people that are doing what you love and that are successful at it. Hang around them, learn from them. Don't don't you know be jealous of what they're doing. Be their mate. Learn yeah. from them. Mm-hmm. Get to know what they're up to. Learn. Yes. Be open yes. to Absolutely. A collaboration uh, over competition, yes. right? Like Exact, exactly. Yeah. yeah, spot on, spot on. And just, you know, there are a lot of people out there that we aspire to, you know, we, we that we find aspirational. And we find them aspirational because there's something within you that already has that, that has that piece. There's a there's a there's a part you're what you're looking at is is your own projection of who you are. Mm-hmm. And and of course, you're going to have your unique version of that, but the, it's it's a signal, a sign to you. This is this could be your becoming if you choose that. Mm. If you choose to 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 nurture that, yeah. God, I love listening to you. You've just got such a beautiful way with words, a beautiful way of painting oh. a picture and describing things. <laughs> oh, thanks, <laughs> Katie. <laughs> Thank you. So I have to say, let me just say this, Katie. Don't cut this bit out. Katie has probably been one of my best my best clients because she actually does do the work and she is she is walking the walk talking the talk she's doing all of that you you really are such an incredible like the most perfect ideal client to ever work with because you really do throw yourself in and you go all in on things and you are incredibly aspirational you know from from my perspective you know when i when i listen to you and and and, and watch what you're doing with your business and how you're growing i find you aspirational it's wonderful and i'm sure i'm not the only one out there that that is witnessing your growth and how far you've come from from when you first started so jumping on jumping in on the psychic circle <laughs> jumping in to say hi to now wow this flourishing business you know incredible katie really it's incredible what you've done and because you chose to niche too hey yeah yeah i mean it's a journey right but yeah. thank, thank you so much for that love Marina, you know, it means the world to me because you are one of my mentors and now one of my closest allies and friends in this crazy world of coaching and all the beautiful things that we do. And we, yeah, no, I really appreciate all that. And I mean, it's interesting because I don't think we ever really see ourselves the same way as people other people see us, right? So um, no, I really appreciate that love for sure. If you had one pearl of wisdom to share with business owners, mm-hmm. intuitive arts business owners, let's go with that because that's sacred arts. Yeah, sacred arts. What would your biggest, you probably already shared it. I mean, you've given so many beautiful pearls of wisdom in this chat, but is there one that stands out more than the other? 
Yeah, make well. There's a few, Katie. Where do I start? <laughs> Gemini rising, right? Yeah. I wanted, I wanted to say, talk about all of them. Um, I think make sure you surround yourself with women who are doing what you love mm-hmm. and so that you've got a good support team and women that you aspire to because they're highly unlikely to to bring you down. They want to bring you up with them. Mm-hmm. So you know, choose to be around people who are high level, high, choose to be around high level women. I, I mean, really, this is our ideal clients, hey? Yeah. Women, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, choose to be around these high-level women um, or high-value-driven women is probably a better word to use, not high-level, high-value-driven women. Choose that for yourself. Choose to invest in women who you find really aspirational. Mm-hmm. Choose that because support is – I haven't got to my, the position that I have in my business, which is still – I still feel like I'm a baby. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I am a few leaps ahead than many women in the sacred arts Uh yeah, I, I chose to invest in help and in coaching. You know, I chose that for myself and I've spent, you know, a few thousand on that. It hasn't always been perfect, but mm-hmm. definitely. And don't give up, hey? Don't mm. give up. You've got to think of it. It's a it's the long game. Mm. <laughs> it's the long game. And let your let your passion, let your passion be your personal development program mm. for this lifetime. Yeah. Oh my God. What a fun way to to invest in your own personal development. I don't think there's a better way to do it. You know, it's so interesting. I never realized how much I, how much support I needed. I I always have been very self-sufficient. And Ah. so this kind of attitude of like, I don't need help. I can do it all myself. And so for anyone out there that's listening, that's like "Mm, coaching or any sort of support to, to help you thrive in your business is is not, not worth it. I could not disagree anymore because I, you cannot do it all yourself. You cannot, you can't coach yourself. That's for sure. For any coaches that are listening, I don't, I mean, maybe some people can, but I certainly can't coach myself. You need, you need, you need a spirit guide like mine. Yes. You need, need, to, you need to learn how to channel. Then you've got an upline that's an added bonus. Yeah. Added well, bonus. And the coach and there's another story. Go on, Katie. Yes, you are very uh, fortunate to have your oh, you? whispering spirits guiding you and supporting you for sure. Oh, you? But so yeah, you. no, I think mm-hmm. we definitely investing in support is a game changer, especially if you're my group coaching program at the moment, which is called Goal Getters. One of the biggest reasons I started it was because I know that a lot of female entrepreneurs actually just feel so lonely and want like-minded people to get together with and talk about the struggles that they're going through, whether it be marketing, whether it be believing in themselves, or, you know, mindset, energetics, all of it. But mm. let's just come together and support. So whether it's one-on-one coaching that you find is most supportive for you or just being in any sort of group where, like you say, surrounding yourself with high level woman yeah. <laughs> how did you say it, it was high better. value maybe high, high value, value yeah high that's value. better women that, that have these higher values that are driven by these higher values they you know we want to, I want a piece of that please I'll, yeah. I'll have that yeah 100% yes and yeah. i've seen women just go from honestly just struggling to yeah. thriving simply yeah. by reaching out to get the the right support and I've been one of them right like so yes I think for anyone that thinks that they can do it all and be it all themselves well maybe you can but you don't have to and imagine if you're great by yourself imagine how great you could be with that support (laughs) and look and here's the thing as well like not you don't have to agree with everything that your coach has said Uh, you know just moving quickly there was a client coaching client of mine that um she's in Scotland and um she wanted to run this tea and tarot event. We do these online, you know, energy reports and she started doing them similar to mine. And she said, I wouldn't mind doing that in-house, like actually in 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 the setting, like in with the with the indigenous people of Scotland. I want to do that. And I went, oh, I'm not sure that's such a good idea. Thank God she didn't listen to me. <laughs> because it was. It what it is what took her business to the next level. It was like a sales funnel. It was mm. the lead magnet. All mm. these people were coming in and paying for her time and had but having incredible experiences. It was like the ultimate discovery call. It was a mm. discovery call with like a, a group, like a huge group of people that were having life-changing experiences. They they didn't need to be sold to. Mm. You know, it was it was real, it was all happening in that moment. So 
Yeah, I mean, you still have to trust yourself, hey, beyond mm. coach. You don't want to be too reliant on 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 the you know on outside forces. I think a great coach is somebody that's going to give you the skills in in learning how to trust yourself and trust your own instincts on things. Big lesson, I think. Yeah, learning yeah. learning to trust ourselves and and also at the same time welcome support and be available yes. to be yeah. supported are two yeah. vital uh, resources to have or yeah. outlooks to have when you're in business. I think. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, thank you so much for sharing your stories, sharing your wisdom. I have no doubt that our listeners will be inspired and delighted by all your stories. Is there anywhere that, where can we find you if we, for anyone that wants to find out more about your tarot therapy course or any yeah. of any of the work you do, where can we find you? Yeah. So marinalovas.com or you can find me on FB, Marina Lovas or Instagram, Marina Lovas 73 Amazing. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Marina, and just wishing you the most amazing day, oh. and thank you. So, so grateful for you sharing your time with us. Thanks, Katie. Thanks for having me. Just loved it. Loved our chat. I'm feeling inspired. I'm feeling in- inspired. I feel like we should be doing like a regular podcast. Hey? <laughs> totally. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, why not? Yeah. All the love, hey? Thanks Thanks, so much, Marina. Well, what an episode. I have no doubt that you found Marina's stories, insights and wisdom just incredibly supportive and I'm sure inspiring as well. If you want to find out more about Marina and what she does, the links to her website and her socials are in the show notes. And don't forget, if you like what you heard, you're keen to learn more about how to be a badass creator of your life, subscribe, share, and perhaps even leave a review. It really helps more people wrap their ears around the podcast, and that just makes me so happy. Until next time, take care, stay safe, and keep milking the shit out of life. I will see you next time.